The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney, and I will be your host. So, podcast listeners, we've been doing a part of our series on terms of true Christianity. And we happen to be on the topic of universalism. We've done a very extensive study on this. We've tried to avoid churches, names of ministries that are a part of it because that's not our point. We've been trying to reveal the deceptions that are part of this universal movement. Some of my most precious friends uh, that are in ministry worldwide have said this universalist movement has infiltrated their ministries and churches to the point that if you say Jesus is the only way, as Malami was telling us, Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life, people get offended. Well, you're right, Malami. Thank God a young lady at your age has learned to embrace that. Don't ever let that go. Because we have pastors all over the world that are letting go of that peace. Because it's offensive. 602-292-2982. Please text me your questions or responses throughout this message. We have been doing a miniature study under our primary topic of universalism and finishing our universalism series off with finally revealing the covert, not so much overt, but the covert doctrines of demons. And there's two primarily. Before I show you the scripture, does anyone remember what those two primary doctrines of demons are? Okay, so last week and the week before we dealt with the one on marriage. Why is there such a huge issue about gay marriages? Why is there such a huge issue now that the new policies that are being presented before our government uh, over the past uh, several months is the Mormon church moving forward on polygamy? Fairness of marriage. Those of you who do not understand that, they believe they have the right to marry 12-year-olds. So this is our new issue in the government. Can they come out with a new amendment to this amendment that was established with gay marriages? I'm afraid they will have to, unless they decide to dissolve the institution of marriage and have common law marriages. That is what's being suggested. Okay? So there's kind of the political aspect to this. So marriage is a huge issue in the world today. And it is directly associated with what the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to dissolve the institution of marriage so that there is no direct connection anymore, as we talked about last week, in podcast 90, is the association with being the bride of Christ and that Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. So the attack on marriage is to spread 
the fact that Christ will forsake you. You can't have other gods before him. That's why it's universalism. Let's look at the scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 says once again, But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, it's the Spirit of the living God. Okay? But the Spirit explicitly says in the latter times, are we in the latter times? We've been in the latter times since the first Christian that got saved after the cross. And we are experiencing more and more of the birth pains. It's kind of like the birth of a child. The, there's going to be this birthing moment of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's pretty much going to change everything. So there's these birth pangs of getting closer and closer to this final worldview change that is going to affect every human that ever lived, every human that is alive, and will be alive after the second coming. It's a world changer. Okay? You see, the first lap, they're expecting this Jesus Christ to show up as a lamb. And he did. He didn't come to bring wars. He didn't come to judge. Everything was about love and introducing the world to the Savior. The door. He who knocks, the door shall be opened. It's all about the door. The second coming is going to be very different. He will be coming as the lion. He'll be in full gear. Be fire in his eyes, drawn sword that also is on fire. He will have gray hair. He will be the wisest among the wisest among the wisest of ever. He'll put Solomon to shame in his wisdom. He'll have all the colors of his, his position of being the Son of God. He'll be on a white horse. And he will enter with tons of show and glory. This is the moment Christ gets to display who he is. It's a world changer. Things will not be the same after that moment. The skies will rumble. The earth will shake. All of the universe will feel his presence as he's busting through the clouds. It's a world changer. And all of you who have your little theological worldviews, They'll matter not. The only worldview that's going to matter is the mind of Christ. And if you don't have the mind of Christ in you because you don't have the true indwelling life of Jesus in you, there's no way you'll understand what I'm saying today. No way. No one can understand the mind of God. Our thoughts are not His thoughts. Our ways are not His ways. So we have to understand who he is, who he truly is. So I don't need to be preaching as much on the lamb. That should be obvious to the entire world by now. We've done a fairly good job of presenting the lamb to the world and should continue to. But there are some who are called to begin to speak of the lion because he's coming too. There's two appearances, not one. And Satan shows up 
Stay with me on this, folks. 602-292-2982. Satan shows up in his first appearance as a lamb. Peace, 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 peace. The reign of the Antichrist is how long? Seven years. That number is no accident. Jesus' ministry was how long? Three and a half years, exactly by Hebrew calendar. Peace, peace, peace. I'm the Lamb of God. I didn't come to judge. It's a beautiful message of a door. In fact, he called himself a door. He's not coming as a door on lap two. He's coming in thunder and glory. And people will stand and look to the to the eastern sky and they're going to go, what is going on here? Meanwhile, the Antichrist is ready to come out to step out as a lamb. Peace, peace, peace. I'm the, I'm the best. I'm, I'm the God of all you Christ followers. I had a friend share with me the technique of mind control by use of technology. He says, if you timeline what you're researching, here's what you're going to discover. That you never tell the people the truth, you always think it's a conspiracy. Because the moment of exchanging that data for loyalty and service has not arrived. But once that moment arrives, then the exchange can take place. So, I fed this back to him. Oh, okay. You mean like the term Christian. Christ follower. We'll get everyone to think... We're talking about Jesus Christ indwelt believers, right? Meanwhile, the enemy's going, no, Christ follower, Christ follower, Christ follower at 602-292-2982, Christ follower. And then when that perfect moment comes, he'll exchange the term Christ, and he will become the Christ of the entire world, the peacekeeper, the little lamb. And upon that same moment, because the igniting of the seven-year reign is the rapture. Are you with me? So here you have the rapture. And the rapture is, is not after he busts through the clouds and his glory and whatever. It's all happening at the exact same moment indwelt believers worldwide he knows where every single one of them are and the thunder and the the earth shaking and the heaven shaking of him coming for his precious bride and then they're raptured out it's going to be a very dramatic moment they can't make a movie about that and then this guy steps up and says cuckoo these people are crazy I've come to bring world peace. And you, you know the thing that blows me away? is the world believes him. 90% of the entire world believes him. These Christians are nuts. They just got raptured. There's piles of ashes all over the world. There's crashed cars. There's, there's this, this uh, emotional holocaust happening all over the world. And they believe him? That's why I know my preaching, my messages, my sharing, my praying with people has no value. 
unless the spirit of the living God is breathing it. For it's the spirit that changes people, not us. Because when I think of the true circumstances of what these unbelievers, most think they're Christians, by the way, are going to see and still be unbelievers. Still call the Christians true and all believers crazy. Well, there's something very interesting about this theology. That most theologians that do writings and teachings on the book of Revelation, most of these theologians do agree on one point. The first three and a half years of the reign of the Antichrist is going to be peace, 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 but there will be no peace. He's manipulating the minds. But a lot of people figure it out. This guy's been lying to us for thousands of years. Because if you rile the enemy, he starts to show his anger and bitterness and hatred. So there's going to be resistors. And what will happen is he's going to show his real side, the exchange. And he's going to say, either you bow and worship me, or you die. Slowly. Or the second half of the seven-year reign is what? Hell on earth. And at the end of the seven-year reign, that's three and a half years, where there's no human that can describe what that, those three and a half years are going to look like. Satan eats his own for breakfast. He's that angry. And then at the end of that seven years, the great millennial starts of judgment. So all these don't judge me church members today, surprise, if you're not truly indwelt by the living God, through Christ Jesus, by representation of the Holy Spirit, you will be judged. You will bow. You will confess that Jesus Christ is God. And all your universalist gods that you have turned your pastors into and turn your world leaders into and turn these, these statues and any other idol, you're going to realize that moment. Boy, this love thing didn't fix it, did it? Only Jesus Christ and the great exchange to have his life come and your life be put to the cross. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. But the life I now live, I live by His faith who lives in me. It isn't about me. I am nothing. If you don't understand that message, you might be one of these that Jesus spoke of that Matthew wrote about when he said, for there, there shall be some that will come forward and say, excuse me, I did miracles in your name. I casted out demons in your name. I raised the dead in your name. I had a worldwide ministry in your name. I have preached since I was 16 years old in your name. And what's Jesus' response? Depart from me, for I know you not. 602-292-2982 Jesus does not know you, pastor. Jesus does not know you, ministry leader. Jesus does not know you, follower of a Christ, unless he sees his own reflection when he looks into your face. 
When you are the mirror that Paul talks about and he's standing in front of the mirror and he sees himself spirit bearing with witness, he will know, you are truly my bride. That's, that's simple gospel, guys, and it's not simple to people anymore. Everything's about love, 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 caring, 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 fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And the truth is, we are losing precious opportunities to find out if people are Christ followers or Jesus Christ lives in them. So when we read this passage, it says, in latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Pastor Piper, I thank you for encouraging me this past week, helping me understand this scripture that we're about to preach on right now in a very powerful way. If any of you want a link to a study he did on this, it is rather spirit-inspired for a certain. But this is plain and simple stuff. Many are going to fall away from the faith. They're going to start paying attention to deceitful spirits. If you think that the, these demons are going to be speaking into your ear with a raspy voice and sound like something out of a horror movie, you have been duped. Satan is an angel of light and his followers manifest his light. That's how it works. They're very deceptive. Paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars. Seared. Their minds are seared. Burned. There's no logic in them anymore. They're seared in their own conscience as a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining foods, which God has created to be gratefully shared in those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude. For it is sanctified by the means of the word of God and prayer. This is for you guys to answer. Why do you believe Satan makes a big deal about food? Abstaining from food. I, I did a word search again. I tried to do that for every service to make sure... I get the most updated information of what the world's posting. Abstaining from foods or diets, by far, by far, is the number one world issue. By far. Diets. And working out in the gym. Exercise. By far. Abstaining from marriage was high on the pole, in America anyway. But nothing like this one. Why? Okay. So what better avenue to use than to use something that applies to every single person? Everyone has to eat, but not everyone has to get married. Okay? What is the number one thing that affects your desires? There's two, according to Piper. How you feel? Your, your, your wellness? I mean, how you feel? Could be a result. Sex and food. Now, this was the piece that John helped me understand that was rather profound for me, is that we have broken this whole thing down of demonic doctrines worldwide to be everything from, you know, these, these piddly sins that Satan has thrown around the world, 
But the simplicity of this is, from the garden forward, he understood two primary desires that God has ordained to be fulfilled. Sex and food. So what did Satan use in the garden on Eve? I can guarantee you what he used with Adam was probably the other one. But I do say I do not know. This is an email that I got from one of my beloved friends in Vegas. She is one of our content editors. But somewhere I made this comment in one of my writings and she responded with, Hey, wait a minute. Er, stop, stop the vehicle here. What do you mean by that? Now, here's one of my editors. And she's been discipled in the identity truths for a couple of years now and really has a solid understanding of who she is in Christ. And that's why I asked her if she'd be one of my content readers. And so we came to this screeching halt this past couple of weeks. I found out something about my precious sister, which she's confessed, a, a, by the way, as being demonic doctrine, being of a demonic movement, and she's renounced it and is grieved before God and ask, is now asking for restoration. This is a part of the restoration process. So here's what she said after I walked her through a lot of what I'm going to walk you through this morning. In fact, the message I'm giving you this morning and the following slides are a dialogue with her. So this is real time. This is really reaching someone who is struggling with this, who's been, as an indwell believer, has been caught up in a movement of world peace through foods. Okay? This is real time. So here's what she says. Hi, Dr. Finney. I just had to share something with you. A year ago, I went to a health expo where I listened to several different guest speakers. I wanted to leave with a book because I like to read, so I purchased one of the few available from the most boring, uninteresting, and confusing speakers. I paid no attention to the title of the book, nor have I read it. After your email about this movement, I remembered the book that still sits on my shelf. So I decided to see what it was all about. The title says it all. The World Peace Diet, Eating for Spiritual Health and Social Harmony. I threw it away. If you're not asking yourself this question at 602-292-2982, you need to ask this question because there's an answer for you. How in God's name could we purchase something that is completely promoting the first appearance of the Antichrist as an indwell believer? How does that happen? I have reviewed the content of this book. It's beyond bizarre. Somehow as you're reading it, you begin to see that what I eat becomes who I am. But then as you keep reading, it's the who I am that becomes quite alarming. See, there is an edge to this that what you eat is who you are is a common phrase used in the world today. Is it not? It's true. Nutritionalist? Yes, it is. So all Satan has to do is the bait and switch thing at the right time. That's the harmonic convergence of food. I'll explain it, don't worry. This is a direct quote right here. 
This book presents outlines of the more empowering understanding of our world based on a comprehension of the far-reaching implication. Blah, 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 blah. That's not blah, 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 blah to the world. They're like, yes, that's what I'm hunting for. Finally ending with this, what was required to get on your plate and what happens after it leaves. Our plate is the door. Allow me to explain. The modern movement of vegetarianism, veganism, and anti-fat indoctrination was started by the cult leader, at least in America. This has been going on since the garden, yes. But in America, there are key leaders we can point an investment that is being made and has been made to indoctrinate a society. If you don't indoctrinate the society, you can't control the people. You just can't. Okay? This started with the gal who started the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Ellen White. There's a gentleman, Dr. Stephen Finney, spelled exactly like mine, and I need to make this statement because I'm tired of answering the questions, and I know that there's only a handful of podcasters that'll get to make this connection, but Dr. Stephen Finney, P-H-I-N-N-E-Y, is of this movement. He is a key leader in this movement. The Atkins diet was not invented by me. I am not this same, same Stephen Finney. So as you Google, please keep that in mind that he's not talking with a forked tongue. Because this gentleman is extremely popular worldwide. And he's promoting this. The anti-fat indoctrination. It is not me. I am preaching other things in Christ Jesus. She supposedly had a vision from an angel that told her this must be the foundation. Stay with me on this. And I hope you want to prove me wrong. I so hope you want to prove me wrong. Because it's there. That this angel told her this must be the foundation of a new church she was to start called the Seventh Day Adventist Church. I can tell you about her mentor, Dr. Miller. It's horrific what he taught her. Up to this point, no such movements, diets, or doctrines existed connecting food to spirituality as a culturally accepted movement. Yes, there have been churches, teachers, and whatever that have been pushing this, but connecting it to a culture. She was the first in America. Seven-day political agenda has reached as far as the UN. Their agenda in the UN is to force dietary requirements on nations throughout the world, proving that spirituality, God, is in all things. Thus, what you eat can offend God, which will result in the investigative judgment, which is what their church calls it. If you don't eat right in this church, you'll be a part of the investigative judgment of God. When Ellen White and her descendants began working with the UN years ago, John Kellogg, Kellogg cereal, wheat bix, and a thousand other name brand products from them, it was agreed to use the USA as a beta test for the, glo the Global 
holistic human nature. Under the outreach of the Adventist Development and Relief Agency, the U.S. called it Operation White Coat. And they used the U.S. military in World War II to practice these things. Now, I've got some listeners right now going, what's the real big deal about this? Why doesn't Finney just stick to preaching on identity in Christ? What, while so you can blend these demonic doctrines into the true authentic doctrines of God? You might want to hear about the poison. So that as you are ingesting spiritual things in life that you hopefully are wanting true, pure doctrines of God. The blending of the two is what creates, stay with me listeners, universalism. And you'll no longer have the pointed, raw, convicting movement of salvation in the world anymore. Since then, the National Institute of Health has infiltrated educational institutes, religious fractions, and political agendas. The SDA is not interested in healthy choices in eating, but rather in the spiritual connection between God and food. And secondly, it is their primary recruitment enterprise for their cult. They are the founders of the Reconstructionist Movement for America, returning the earth to its original state, thus believing they have to take over the world, purify it, so that the entire world is not suffering with the mistakes of man by polluting it, thus the environmental movement, etc., etc., etc. Pretty simple stuff. Here's my concern. This health movement of uh, abstaining from foods was started and popularized by a demonic-led woman who used and turned it into a doctrine of a church. She literally did what we read. Now, doctrines for government structure is called policy. So when it goes into policy, it can be forced upon a society, basically saying it has to be this way in order for it to be healthy. National Institute of Health, or FDA. So that's why there's a mission by a lot of Christians to try to restore the health to the FDA. It's a huge movement out there in Washington. True leaders and followers of this movement have admitted to me in interviews that veganism, vegetarianism, and and dietarian movements are based on spiritual doctrines, while admitting that the average follower is hunting for cures for their ailments, as Deborah said, how they feel. They don't care about the spiritual connections. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just want to feel better. I wonder how that works in countries in the entire world that don't even know what a potato is. I wonder how that works there. It doesn't. These demonic doctrines only work in a society where the prosperity can support such illiteracy of the Word of God. It's the only place it's going to work. And we do have our prosperity in place for a while. If the person or persons are using this as an act of a Sabbatarian worship or to change how they feel, the demonic doctrines 
remain in place, doesn't change it. 64% of all Christians are moving to this movement that is surveyed, okay? 64% of everyone they talk to in the church. I don't know how many churches that, that they did, but I do know how many Christians got surveyed. So 8,000 Christians get surveyed. Whatever church they're attending are moving into this movement blindly. Where they're thinking about food. They're thinking about exercise versus thinking about Christ in them. That's the key. So the reason for the shift is between God and them. Nonetheless, if it becomes law or I have to, it is a sin. Thus the mandate from God, all things in moderation. It needs to be noted that out of that 64%, 90% of those are more concerned about how they feel. So they can't even have a spiritual discussion with me on this. I just feel better when I eat vegetables. And, well, I just feel better. And why do you want to feel better? They can't dialogue with you. That's very sad to me. So this 90% of those are more concerned about how they feel and noted that they are bound daily by worries, doubts, and fears. These same people are saying they're so consumed by this that they worry all the time. They have doubts about their spirituality, doubts about their, their this or that, and they're fearful. And this, Sharon, is what caught your attention, that statement. I have those three in me. Thus, you've been trying to master those worries, doubts, and fears by external, idolic consumption. And that was the passage we opened up with today. We're not to be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We're to let those requests be known to God with a thankful heart. Even if I'm even eating bacterial-covered food, in the middle of Ethiopia. Or my precious friends, our orphanage over in Liberia. They don't have this choice of whether there's going to be Ebola virus on their food or if their water is defiled. They must eat and drink what is before them in faith. That doesn't work in America. And you know it. A surgeon friend of ours says that What is most interesting to me is that those who are deceived by this movement are the most spiritually unhealthy patients that I have. He even went on to say what, Jane? I will not not operate on a vegetarian. And the reason? The organs are too mushy. I detect a little bit of a murder plan here. Sorry, guys. Satan is roaming about the earth. See who he can kill, steal from, or destroy. These people think they're healthy. I did another Google. Just make sure my statistics are good on this. Boy, am I going to get some emails and texts on this when it's 602-292-2982. This is unbelievable research. Vegans and vegetarians statistically die before people who eat unhealthy. They worry more. They have more doubts on who they are. And they suffer anxiety to the point that most of them, and I can't get the the research statistics on this yet, because for some reason this one's hidden, have to be on medicine to survive mentally. That would be called 
antidepressants, whatever the case may be. If they were truly a purist, they would put nothing in their bodies that would match the purity of their claim as vegetarian and vegans. It's hypocrisy. What was, what was the scripture again? Hypocrisy of liars. They're not consistent. A true purist does not pull in defilement from one area while they're making doctrinal proclamations of another that are pure. It doesn't work that way. That's what the scriptures are showing us. Those in this demonic doctrine are trapped in their fears. Can't get out and always wonder if they are doing something wrong. Being more concerned about how they fell than sharing in the sufferings of Christ. So instead of being sharing in Christ's sufferings, it is always preventing doing something to get them to feel better so they don't have to embrace suffering. That's the point. We are the healthiest ungodly society in the entire world. And it's doing nothing for us. America, the alarm clock is going off. All of our techniques on health and human issues is not making us a better country. When I can point to certain countries in the world like Nigeria and our friends there who battle persecution 24 hours a day, I can't even begin to tell you what they do to their children. And they are a healthy society compared to America because they know who they are. And they're willing to suffer the sufferings of Jesus Christ and not put their energy on grapes and apples. They eat what's in front of them and are thankful for it. This is why it is a demonic doctrine. It puts the focus on self and living longer. There is one doctrine that we have mastered in fighting against in our precious country. Can we add one cubit to our life? Survey says... Christians, as a whole, Christ followers or indwell Christians, will say, yes, I agree with what God said, that you cannot add one hour to your life. Your birth, so I read the scripture out of Jeremiah today, your death is appointed. But yet our entire society is concerned and obsessed of adding longer life. If you exercise more, you'll have longer life. If you eat better, you have longer life. Really? God's a liar? Do, do you see what has happened here? Satan has covertly turned God's doctrinal, sovereign statements into a universal thought. A pastor shared with me this week, that's just a metaphor. A metaphor? God's a metaphor now? He's an allegoric writer? To have a church two blocks from this location say that the word of God is no longer the absolute word of God? Why? Because they believe it's metaphoric. It's suggestive. I'm not going for that one, guys. 
International failure. Research proves that the SDA global plan only works in prosperous societies and cultures. So a bit over 42% of the world cannot join this movement even if they wanted to. They are required to eat what is in front of them, hmm, kind of like what Jesus said. And American Western thinking is evil and certainly not biblically based when it comes to this topic. It doesn't work. The prosperity doctrinal teachers, and guys, you need to understand, we're getting conversions. A lot of my prosperity doctrinal pastors in our network in Africa are converting, are stopping this nonsense of American prosperity can work in our country. Because somehow that doctrine got mixed up in the Bible. And it became something they preach from the pulpit all the time. You can have whatever you want. I'm afraid not. Live Longer, Healthier Lives survey shows that most Whole Food followers choose to eat this way because they want to live longer. Of course, I often wonder what they do with what Jesus personally said to the Sabbatarians of his day. He said, quote unquote, And who of you, being worried, as these people are, can add one single hour to his life? Well, we all know he's speaking metaphorically. Not so all this talk of unnecessary dying, which is in quotes because the person who is listening to me now that I got this quote from is what God used to bring her to her knees, is a part of this demonic doctrine. God decides when we are born and when we die, and anyone who thinks they can add a simple hour to their lives is suffering from this demonic doctrine, plain and simple. In closing things up here, here's my positional conclusion. When given a choice to eat an heirloom organic carrot versus a hormonal induced carrot, I'm going to pick the organic one. But see, Eve, that's subjective. Because if I'm part of a taste test, and the gentleman on the other side of the table says, this is the organic one, this is the one grown by hormone induction, and I, of course, a little bit of education on hormone-induced foods, am going to reach for the organic one. And now, as we are having revealed to us in the news today, that many of the organic products are not organic. We are like sheep being led to a slaughter. But still the same when it comes down to our choices if we're told that, we need to grab the best choice. And I will. If you said it's organic, I'll grab it. If you did a bait and switch, I'm not going to worry over it. Same thing with this fresh squeezed orange juice from an organic raised tree, which is almost impossible. But to use their terminology, I'm going to choose the organic fresh squeezed orange juice. And if I'm in a restaurant or someone's house and they use this man-made orange juice thing, it's, it's basically orange Kool-Aid, I'm going to drink it. Oh, but what about the dangerous dyes, yellow number five, that's in that package? I'm going to drink it. Because the person's life in reaching them is far more important to me than the external 
idolic stuff that's going on around them or me. I want to reach them. And that's the point of Paul's dialogue on this scripture. If you follow these scriptures we're, we're sharing today with the rest of the chapter, you're going to find Paul's conviction to reach the people for Jesus Christ and not have the war be over food. Whether it was sacrificed to idols or not, I would have to be God to know that. You see? It's just the mission of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm not interested in living a healthier, miserable life filled with worries, doubts, and fears, which results in hostility toward God. We need to make healthy choices when we can, and when circumstances don't present themselves in such a way financially or otherwise, to make these choices, you should not abstain from eating foods, meats or vegetables. Here's our identity statement for today. A vegetarian sets himself up as a judge of God, denies the totality of the system of the food laws, and denies the wisdom of the creation and the capacity of the human body to exercise and deal with foods that are given to be received with thanksgiving. It says that God did not understand the structure and that the body will be, in fact, break down following the rules of God. The arguments put forward are completely misleading. It seeks to undermine the restoration of the last days and calls into question the ability of Jesus to institute his just system. The prophecies are clear that Jesus will establish a system and there will be meat eaten in the thousand-year reign and the restoration will take place and that Jesus will restore the sacrifice. This particular demonic doctrine calls into question the activities and the wisdom of Jesus and the plan of God. It accuses God and his son and is totally anti-Christian, if not anti-Christ. So next week, we're just going to focus on the scriptures addressing this issue. Today I gave you the world view, but next week we're going to break it down in the scriptures. And this is where John Piper helped me a lot in understanding the theological implications of buying into one or both of these doctrines. This is a very critical issue. For some reason, these two areas you find in the news tonight. You'll find something about the fight over marriage stuff, and you'll find some advertisement or something to deal with food and exercise. So as they say, sex sells, but so does food. And so there's constant diets, constantly trying new things. And the truth is, it's very distracting for us. It appeals to one of these passions within us. So I close with this. As Satan was hanging out in that tree, he had to lure Eve over into that oppressive domain. She had already been given a mandate not to eat from this tree is that there were 10,000 trees in this garden. Now there are about 10,000 trees, different kinds of trees that are stated today. So 10,000 trees in this garden. Then there's this 
tree of life that sits on top of what hill? Under the dome of the rock. That's orthodox theology. Then you have this tree of knowledge that we don't know how far it was from there. A lot of people think it was Baghdad area. Okay? Where the two rivers come together. Wherever. Then there's these 10,000 trees that they could eat from. And why, why was she lured to this one tree? Do not eat. You with me? This is where we're going next week. The theology of this. Do not eat. But you may eat from 10,000 trees. So what did Satan do with that? It's a bit obvious to me. He puts the law and emphasis on do not eat. Not look what I have given you. Enjoy. Be thankful. But do not eat from this man's hand. It's totally opposite. What was once right is wrong. What was once wrong is right. Father, I pray that those who are willing to pray with me right now, those who you have convicted to pray the salvation prayer, I pray, Father God, that they may stop right now, open up the PDF, and maybe even read the prayer that is there. So, Father, as I pray these words, and there are people who do want to be, know that they're being led to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and make the greatest exchange in their life. I pray it that they will pray with me. Father, I confess right now that I am a sinner. I confess that I am separated from you. I confess that I am an enemy of Jesus Christ. I confess that I am selfish. I confess that I'm trying to be my own God. I confess every sin that is before me, within me, and me being a result of the original sin. I believe that I was born as a human into sin. I believe that I grew up in sin. And I believe that I need to be transferred, translated, and moved out of that sinful condition. So therefore, I choose this day, Jesus Christ, to enter my soul. To possess me through the Holy Spirit, to fill me up with the very life of Christ. And I pray that would be done right now as we are praying. And I thank you for coming into my life and filling my life and becoming my life. I thank you for the power of the cross that my sin has been dealt with. I'm no longer under the power of sin, but I'm under the power of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for saving me. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.